بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده و نصلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ tonight is the 12th of august in the year 2023 alhamdulillah we're once again discussing the fathomless subject of the divine mercy and the last thing i mentioned was the report in which our beloved messenger mentions sallallahu alaihi wasallam that who was the intelligent one and who was the one who was the the fool the intelligent one is the one who takes himself to account and does good deeds for after death and the incapable one is the one who allows his nafs to follow its desires and then seeks from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the fulfillment of his own hopes so note again this is the the fool which is the prophet mentioning sallallahu alaihi wasallam and similarly Sayyidina Ubay ibn Qa'ab and Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu they both related that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said whoever fears will then strive subhanallah whoever fears ay allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then strive this is in tirmidhi number 2567 hakim in his mustadrak 3-408 4-307 al-qudai in his musnad ash-shihab number 406 Abu Nu'aym al-Hiliyah 8-377 and others. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Sahih in Sahih al-Jam number 6098. So in this Sahih hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, if you fear your Lord, you will strive. So indicating again that when you are doing good deeds, this is a sign that you truly are upon guidance and you are fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you say you fear your Lord and you're not striving, You've gone against what the Prophet said, meaning this is the Ajis, which he mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another sacred passage, which people are often fond of quoting, is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his glorious book, in Surah Al-A'raf, Surah 7, verse 156, A'udhu Billahi Minu Shaitan Al-Rajim, وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ قُلَّ شَيْءٍ And my mercy extends to everything. And my mercy extends to everything. So this is a famous portion of the verse which people often quote. Because Allah's mercy is vast. It extends to everything. But what does it mean? Mufti Shafi in Marif al-Quran, volume 4, page 51 of the English translation, he explained, Sheikh Anwar Shah Kashmiri, he said that this verse has indicated that his mercy can indeed encircle everything it did not say his mercy shall encircle everything in another verse of the quran it has been said in a more clear word in surah al-an'am surah 6 verse 147 fa in kadhabuka faqur rabbukum dhu rahmatin wasi'atin وَلَا يُرَدُّ بَعْسُهُ عَنِ الْقَوْمِ الْمُجْرِمِينَ If they disbelieve in you, say to them, Your Lord has an all-encompassing mercy, but His punishment cannot be warded off from the criminals. So let's look at this. So if you look at the verse 
And only the verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَدْ قُلَّ شَيْءٍ My mercy extends to everything. So what would you erroneously start thinking? You will start thinking even shaitan. Allah's mercy will reach him. Even, you know, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab. So is that the meaning of this verse? And Mufti Shafi quotes Mufti Sheikh Anwar Shah Kashmiri. And he said that this verse is explained like this. His mercy can indeed, if he wished, can indeed encircle everything. But note, it did not say his mercy shall encircle everything. Have you noticed the difference? <laughs> Allah Ta'ala did not say my mercy extends to everything in the sense it will. It goes, it can. And he goes, it did not say his mercy shall encircle everything. Then he said, the proof of this is the other verse. Surah 6 verse 147, what does Allah the Almighty explicitly say? If they disbelieve in you, say to them, rahmatin wasi'atin. Your Lord has an all-encompassing mercy. But his punishment cannot be warded off from the criminals. So if the mercy was for everyone, why does Allah say his punishment cannot be taken away from the criminals? So that proves that the verse that you initially quoted, you misunderstood it. So note again how careful you've got to be with the Quran. Yes, indeed, Allah says, my mercy extends to everything. This means it can encircle everything. But it did not say it shall encircle everything. Otherwise, everybody will be successful. And that, of course, is not what the Quran is indicating. Imam Qurtubi, he further clarified. This is in Imam Qurtubi in his Tafsir, volume 7, page 360 of the New English Translation. Some commentators have said, the verse, i.e., my mercy extends to everything, Surah 7, verse 156, contains hope for everything, even Iblis. He said, I am Shay, I am a thing. Thus Allah the Almighty added in the same verse, But I will prescribe it for the God-fearing. Upon this, the Jews and Christians says, We are God-fearing. Thus, in the next verse, verse 157, Allah the Almighty added, Those who follow the messenger, the unlettered prophet. So note again, clarification. So what does it say? My mercy extends. Shay Shay means everything. In Arabic, Shay means everything. So when Allah says, my mercy extends to everything, Shaitan said, look how interesting, Shaitan said, I am a Shay. I am a thing. So the mercy will reach me. So Allah immediately added in the same verse, I prescribe it for the God-fearing. Was shaitan God-fearing? No. But then look what happened. The Christians and Jews said, we are God-fearing. So we'll get the mercy. So Allah said in the next verse, those who follow the messenger, the unlettered prophet. So note again, you can easily misquote the Quran. 
To this day, some people say, Allah Ta'ala's mercy extends to everything. Shaitan is a thing, you'll get the mercy. Our response to that is, Shaitan himself said that. What else does it say in the verse? My mercy will reach the God-fearing. He's not God-fearing. Then the Jews and Christians said, we are God-fearing. Allah Ta'ala said in the next verse, those who follow the unlettered messenger and prophet, they don't follow. So note, the mercy is now being restricted. Allah Ta'ala is telling you who his mercy is going to reach. In a famous hadith, in Tirmidhi Sahih, Abu Huraira radiyallahu relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa Verily, when Allah the Most High created the creation, He wrote with himself, Verily, my mercy precedes my wrath. So this is a very famous hadith. So what does it simply say? When Allah the Almighty created the creation, meaning He created Somewhere in the history, Allah created the creation. But then it says, He wrote with Himself, Inna rahmati taghlibo ghadabi. Verily, my mercy precedes my wrath. So, what does this mean? This is why it must be understood that even the divine wrath must not be understood as an absence of His mercy, for it precedes it. Since no thing is excluded from it. So I'll say that again. What came first? The mercy or the wrath? The mercy. My mercy precedes my wrath. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. So if mercy comes before wrath, that means that the wrath must have an element of mercy. Because mercy came first. Because the Quran says no shay is excluded from his mercy. So what is that in reference to? Sufyan ibn Uyayna rahmatullah said, Allah the Almighty created hell out of his mercy so that mankind will refrain from sin. Subhanallah. This is in Abu Na'im al-Hiliya 7-285. I think about that. If anybody was to ask you, why did Allah Ta'ala create hell? How many people say this? His anger. His anger. And you say, who said that? It's obvious. Paradise is mercy. Hell is his anger. I didn't say that. I'm asking you, why did Allah Ta'ala create hell? Sufyan ibn Ujayna said, he created it out of mercy. Somebody goes, mercy? Where's the mercy in hell? So that mankind will keep away from sin. This is in Abu Na'im al-Hiliya 7-285. So let's look at this. Sufyan ibn Uyayna, he was from the era of Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, Imam Ahmad. He was from the Salaf. He would not speak without knowledge. He is giving you the answer. Allah Ta'ala's created hell out of mercy. A person goes, you're going to have to explain that. You go back to the Hadith Qudsi. My mercy comes before my wrath. Meaning that even his wrath must have an element of mercy. The best way to explain this is the hell. Allah created it out of mercy. And it's true. How many times do we stop in our tracks when somebody tells you about punishment? You notice? 
Brother, if you do this, you're going to get... Then you, Oof, brother, forget it. Thank you, brother, for reminding me. So let me get this straight. Hell stop you from sinning. Isn't that mercy? It is for this reason that when describing some of the punishments of hellfire, Allah the Almighty repeats the famous verse no less than five times. Which of your Lord's blessings will you deny? Let's look at this. Surah Ar-Rahman, Surah 55, verse 34 to 45. So if you look at those verses, Surah 55, verse 35 to 45. Allah Ta'ala talks about hell. But five times within that, He says, which of your Lord's blessings will you deny? So think about that. Punishment of the fire is mentioned. Allah Ta'ala doesn't then say, fear me. He goes, which of your Lord's blessings will you deny? So a person goes, I'm a bit confused. If Allah Ta'ala talks about paradise, and then he says, which of your Lord's blessings do you deny? I get that, because paradise is a blessing. But if Allah Ta'ala is talking about punishment and the hellfire, why is he saying, which of your Lord's blessings do you deny? Because that is the blessing of hell. Surah Ar-Rahman, where are these five times mentioned? Surah 55, verse 36, verse 38. Verse 40, verse 42, and verse 45. Five times Allah Ta'ala mentions the hellfire. And five times he says, which of your Lord's blessings do you deny? Mm. So note Allah Ta'ala's mercy. He created paradise out of mercy. And he also created the fire out of his mercy. Mm. Another important point to note, point to note is that we cannot live unblemished lives. And will thus fall into sin. However, our beloved messenger, he said, the believer is like a spike. Sometimes he returns and sometimes he inclines, vacillating between sin and piety. This is in Tabarani, Abu Ya'la, Behaki in his Shu'ab al-Iman, Ibn Hibban, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya. So let's look at this. What did the Prophet say? Because the believer is like a spike. Sometimes he returns, sometimes he inclines. Vacillating between sin and piety. So what was the Prophet simply saying? You are created and you will keep alternating between goodness and sin. What was the Prophet acknowledging? You cannot live a sinless life. Similarly, our beloved Messenger said, There is no escape for the believer. From sinning every now and again. There is no escape for the believer. From sinning every now and again. This is in Tabarani, Behaki, Imam Ghazali's Ikhya. Now why is this so important? Because again, people giving their own versions of Islam. They go, brother, you should not sin. And then you go, okay. What do you mean by that, brother? What I mean is if you were a solid believer... You would not sin. Then you ask them respectfully. Who said that? Did the Prophet say that? And the response is, that is not Islam. The Prophet said, there is no escape for the believer. He will fall into sin every now and again. How comforting is that? Because what happens? We haven't got knowledge. When you fall into sin, you go, I'm doomed. Why do you think you're doomed? 
because some fruitcake is telling you you shouldn't sin. Of course we shouldn't sin. We're not discussing we shouldn't sin. We accept that. But he's saying that if you do sin, you're doomed. Which is Islam is that. However, our beloved messenger went on to say, the believer he tears, but then he mends. Thus the best of them is he who dies whilst having mended. <laughs> Subhanallah. This is in Tabarani, Bihaki, Imam Ghazali's Ihya. So what does it mean, tear? I mean, you're sinning. So metaphorically, you're ripping up a garment. That's a sin. But isn't it true, my dear brothers and sisters, you can mend a tear. How do you mend it? The Prophet وسلم, is indicating you ask forgiveness. You mend the tear. Then look what he said. The best of you is the one who dies whilst it's mended. Meaning you're going to fall into sin. But don't despair. Feel grief, ask forgiveness. Mend the tear. And if you die in that state, because you're amongst the best of people. Imam Ghazali explained, in his Ihya, it is that he tears by his sins, but he mends by his repentance and his grief. So note again, we need to study, we need to learn our deen. Brother, you should live sinless lives. Where does it say that? If you, if you say, I have to live a sinless life, this is not the religion of Islam. Mm. You say, you're going to fall into sin, brother. You're going to try your best, but you will inevitably fall into sin. But don't despair. Mend the tear. That's what do you mean? Sinning is tearing. Mending is repairing. I.e. repentance. Now, what's interesting? When we sin, we don't think about what we're doing. So what do I mean by that? Somebody goes, brother, you committed a sin. Don't ask me what sin you committed. You committed it. Yes, I did. What harm have you committed? And this is the usual response. I've harmed myself. Then you go, Anything, any other harm? Any other harm you've committed? Then the guy gets confused. He goes, I sinned, so I've harmed myself. Is there anything else I need to know? Yes. Sins impact our world. Because Imam Ghazali went on to say, the learned say that every difficulty is actually punishment for sin. These thus include a change of fortune, cruelty of a friend, unruly riding beast, rats in the house, wet dreams, missing the congregational prayer, etc. According to a hadith, what you dislike of your times is actually the result of your changes in your deeds. This is in Behaki in his Zuhd, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya. Let's look at this very interesting clarification. Every single musibah you're going through is because of your sin. Then he gave examples. Change of fortune. Meaning, everything's going sweet. You're thinking, fantastic. All of a sudden, the train comes off its tracks. <laughs> Who's took the train off the tracks? You. You've committed sin. Second example. Cruelty of a friend. So you're very close to somebody. All of a sudden, you fall out. What's caused the falling out? Yourself, you've committed sin. Another example. Unruly riding beast. So in today's day and age, your transport starts letting you down. It starts breaking down. You're spending more money. What's happening here? It's because of your sin. 
rats in the house, you get infestations, you need to call the council because of your sin. Wet dreams, you start having wet dreams because of your sin. You start missing, and he goes, this is all a result of your sin. Then he backed it up with the hadith. What does the hadith say? What you do not like of your time is actually the result of the changes of your deeds. Now, why is that shocking? Because we like to blame others. You know, it's, oh, somebody do jadu on me. Right? They go, what about you, brother? Somebody give me evil eye. What about you, brother? Uh, somebody sent the jinn. And then you go, which one of us has actually said, I don't know what's causing my problems. Well, it's me. How are you causing your own problems? I'm my worst own enemy. I just sin. And when I sin, all of these problems come upon me. That is what the hadith is saying. Very easy to blame others. Now, what's shocking about this? This is despite the fact that our loving Lord simply overlooks many of our sins. Where is that mentioned? In Tirmidhi, number 3263, Hassan Gharib, Mishkat, volume 1, number 112, in the chapter on diseases and calamities of believers. Sayyidina Abu Musa, radiyallahu, he relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa no injury, either small or great, afflicts a man, but for a sin he committed. But what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives therefrom is greater. Then Rasulullah recited the following verse. Surah Al-Shura, Surah 42, verse 30. Whatever misfortune happens to you, it is because of the things your own hands have brought. Yet, for many of them, he simply grants forgiveness. Aye, thus does not take you to charge at all. Look at this amazing hadith. What did the Prophet say? Small or great. So think of a small injury. Your shopping bag breaks. <laughs> That's because of your sins. Small injury. Or you're walking and there's a, suddenly you get a stone in your shoe and you think, oh, what's happening here? You take your shoe off. That's because of your sins. The Quran is telling you. Great also, but look how amazing. Allah forgives many of your sins without taking you to task. Despite that mechanism of divine mercy, you're still getting wiped. What does that tell you? You're just committing too many sins. So for instance, putting it very blunt, simply. Let's say you've committed a thousand sins. Allah has forgiven, not taking you to task for 900 of them, because that's royal pardon. The hundred, he's now afflicted you. If he was to afflict you for all your sins, you'd be finished. Allah says, look how clear and explicit. Whatever musibah happens to you, it is because of your own hands. Yet for many, he simply forgives. So now, what do you think of sin? You know, this is the problem. People say, oh, brother, when I sin... Uh, I shouldn't be doing it. I'm harming. What do you mean harm? Brother? If you understood what you're doing to yourself, you'd think to yourself, am I an idiot? Right? Am I an idiot? Think of all the things that you've already been afflicted with. Think. 
you all know, you know, your little problems. Imagine if you could look back and think, that's my fault. What do you think? What am I doing? Just for that, you know, small, you know, sin that I'm committing, I put myself through all this taklif. And the amazing thing is Allah Ta'ala forgives most of your sins. He doesn't take you to task. But he leaves a few. And with that, you're getting white. And now think about it. Look at the world over. You get tsunamis. People mourn. Tsunami came. Earthquakes happened. You should say, brother, it should be ten times worse. Allah Ta'ala has forgiven most of your sins. This is still the result of your sins. So note again, you should think bigger. The bigger picture is sins actually cause harm to everybody. This is why at the time of the Prophet, it was the era of Nabuat, the era of blessings. Food kept going on and on, drink kept going on and on, time was blessed. Why? Because very few sins were being committed. Now we're in an era where sins are dominating and everybody's on Prozac. Right? I need to have some medicine, brother, my head's spinning. I can't go to sleep, I need sleeping tablets, right? It's not the sleeping tablet, stop sinning. Allah will automatically, you know, start helping and benefiting you. And also, to finish, very important. That explains why sins are sins. <laughs> People say, what can I drink with it? What's wrong with it? If you have a little, little, you know, little tickle, don't get drunk in that. The response is, every sin harms you. Allah Ta'ala knows what harms you, therefore He made it a sin. Are you trying to question Allah Ta'ala's knowledge? What's wrong, brother? If I do a bit of this and that, a bit of hanky-panky, brother, look, it's all sin. Allah Ta'ala knows what sin is. It's going to harm you. You are like a child. You don't understand what your father's telling you not to do. You're thinking your, his, your father's being, he's not being cruel. He's protecting you. So note again, our relationship needs to be strengthened with Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all I mentioned again today was, again, that very thing trying to connect ourselves more and more to why we are in the predicaments we find ourselves. And note again, it's simply due to ignorance. Are there any questions you